Hello, residents of Meeple Town. This is Dean. Johnny Hot Tub. And today, we are going to be talking about some games we've been playing lately. Then we've got some heavy hitters in Foundations uh -oh. of Rome and Wonderland's War. Uh-oh. So, let's get to episode number 102. All right, residents of Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see Dean. There is a slice of bread on the floor. He looks kind of like a turkey sandwich, and he's <laughs> laying in an interesting way. Why am I? Why am I talking about that, Dean? Johnny Meeple Town and I, and uh, another friend Matt. I don't. Is Matt a listener? Do you think Matt? Matt probably nah, doesn't listen. Yeah, he doesn't I don't think give so. a rats. We have a little bit of a thread going on mm -hmm. where we send each other memes. That's it. We don't usually say anything of value. We just send memes. That's, that is right. And I sent one the other day that I felt very proud of because I, I couldn't stop giggling. <laughs> I had seen this one before, but I, I just never I sent it out to you guys. I thought maybe it was a little too risque, and then I thought, wait, wait, this is John I'm talking about. Okay, yeah, just Google turkey sandwich meme. <laughs> okay, and you'll, there's several, but the, there's one that will predominantly pop up. And I think you'll understand what we're talking about. It's a little risque. Okay, the picture is Can a turkey sandwich be risque? <laughs> you would normally say, there is no way. There's no way. But after you see this picture, you're going to go, I'm, I'm conflicted about the way I feel right now. <laughs> There's no way I'm eating that turkey sandwich. That's what I'm saying. Here's the thing, though. The picture itself is hilarious, but it is the comment that really yes, gets me. That's true. That's a great point. <laughs> the the that turkey sandwich needs to to calm down is what it does, needs to do. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Now I hope I didn't look like if you Google it, maybe all of the pictures of it with that meme don't say that. I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah, the ones <laughs> you'll see. Most of the ones I saw did, I guess. But okay. I'm, oh, it's good. You know, I'm Johnny Hot Tub. I do. I do. Do the listeners know? I got Daddy got him a hot tub. Say that again. Daddy got him. No, say time. it again without the daddy part. Oh yeah, so. <laughs> granddaddy. So like I had some four wheelers and my kids weren't using them. Isn't that crazy? Kids these days Un talking about granddaddy. Unbelievable. And daddy. That was the dream as a kid for I, me. Absolutely. When I first got them the four wheelers, we moved into a house that has a couple several acres, and like I thought, oh man, I'm gonna get some four wheelers. Four wheelers. Oof. <laughs> and um. Didn't spend a ton of money, just got some little ones, and uh, they rode them like crazy for two or three years. Then the preteen, teenage years came. They don't give a rats about them. They sat in the garage for like two years and never got ridden. I said, Daddy's getting a hot tub. So I sold those and found... See, that's an appropriate way of saying it because you're actually yeah, talking to your that's kids. True. Found a fan... This is what I learned about hot tubs, Dean. Okay. If you are patient... If you're on Facebook Marketplace and check every 30 minutes to an hour for two to three to four weeks, <laughs> I'm just being real. It's annoying. The notifications did not, as much as I clicked them, did not notify me properly. Then you will run across people who like either like bought a home and like, I don't know what this is and selling it for like nothing. Oh, yeah. Or like, so like there's a, so if you're patient and you're just, and so if you want to get a really good deal, it could be really annoying. And you may be like, you know what? I'd rather spend my time another way and just spend the money and get then you can find some great deals on them. And I got me a great deal on it. That's that's pretty fantastic. I was I was telling you earlier that I grew up with 
having one at our house, and I always loved it. I used it more than anyone else in the house, I'm pretty sure. Did you take the ladies into the hot tub? Like, Did you have girlfriends or anything that you would bring over to the hot tub? No. Just curious. Well, apparently you didn't didn't know high school dean. (laughs) Okay. That wasn't happening? No. Okay. No, I'm sorry. I asked that because, like, the guy that installed my electricity was, like, looked over at his son. He's like, he would bring his girls over and... I, there ain't one, no way I was getting in that. And I'm like, oh, what? Like, yeah. are you not, you just let people do whatever they want. <laughs> as a dad. I was, here's a, here's I was a, confused. I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> say, hey buddy, just to get out of the awkwardness of this conversation, I'm going to show you this turkey sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to do with it. And he said that I'm like, uh. <laughs> oh, that is, that's uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't like that. No, especially when you're someone that you don't know super well. And yeah, it's just like, well, how do you, you just try to change the subject, right? That's yeah. how I do it. Like, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Hey, what, what, are you, what are you doing over here? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I was that's okay. the way to do it. I, I think, okay, that's good to know about the hot tub deal thing. I think ping pong tables, yeah, basket, same deal. basketball goals. Yep. You don't really ever have to buy those. You can get them free. Now, if you want a really nice basketball yeah. goal, maybe you want to do that. But yeah. I mean, True. we had... We didn't have a basketball goal at our house uh, like a year ago, but we were looking for one. I was going to buy one because I wanted a really nice one. We had like three people just come up to us and say, I noticed you didn't have a basketball goal. Here you go. You can have ours. Seriously? Yeah. I was like, that's that's weird. I got mine for free too. I got mine from free. It was posted by someone that worked for a local church. Said it was in great condition. I go over there, and he, it wasn't for free originally. The back part of it is broken off. The rim's all bent. And I'm like, you like, you obviously haven't seen this. <laughs> or, like, I don't want to go to your church because you guys are liars. Have you, have you, <laughs> you represent played, the entire church. <laughs> have you ever played basketball before, buddy? Uh, you, do you know what a like, basketball goal looks you like? You know the rim's not supposed to be that shape exactly. <laughs> But it wasn't horrible, and I kind of fixed it, and he's like, you can just have it for free. I'm like, yeah. Yes, I will. Yeah, I will. I'll take it for free right now. Buddy. But now I kind of want to get rid of it because it's getting janky real quick. Oh, because you're dunking on it. (laughs) When I lower it. So, growing up in Michigan, I'm going back to the hot tub thing real We'll get to board games here in just a moment for those who don't listen. This last story that I have, I promise. Okay, so we had a family friend of ours that had a hot tub, and we would, on, uh, on the regular, we would go use their hot tub, and then jump out of the hot tub, go do a snow angel, and then jump back into the hot That's tub. That's one of the best. Is that it? what you're looking forward to? Oh, I mean, absolutely. I'll do that. 100%. You know, one thing I did learn about hot tubs is already in my two days of three days of owning one is, you know, if you don't have the temperature that hot, you can still get on in the summer. That's what I did. I just have it turned down pretty low and in the, and it feels good. It just feels like, like warm pool water. Hmm. I'm good to go. That doesn't sound as appealing when you say it that way. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> it's it's it's, my, it's more appealing than 102 degree water in 90 degree weather. That's very. That's true. not appealing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I will also say oh, I got to give thanks, man. I went to Clarksville, which an hour and a half away, and I have friends that came all the way up there with me to help me load it and put it back down. No, oh, that's so nice. Thank you to Justin, Derek, and. Ooh, Matt. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> this, this is the same Matt that we were just talking about. Oh, no, this this occurred 
on Thursday night, and I couldn't remember that my brother-in-law came with me. Because oh, it's, okay. it's because he's not usually in that circle of those guys. You know, so my brain was, like, trying to think of who with these guys did did come with me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I had to look this up because I wasn't sure. I was like, do, do people call them hot tubs in other places? Spas. Spa bath is yeah. what they call it in England, apparently. Yeah. But it, I think they also call them hot tubs, but... You know, for our other listeners, they're like, what is it's a, a good hot point. tub? It's a good point. Anyway. All right. Can we do the, uh, you're not doing a poll today, you tell me. I have a game to play today. Changing it up. I'm changing it up because I had this idea and thought it would be pretty darn cool. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right. I'm pulling it up on my phone and we are going to do a game today, Dean, called This or That. Okay. I think people have probably seen games like this but i am simply going to ask dean you did not invent this that is for sure no <laughs> this which one do you prefer basically okay you've picked your favorite here's the way john pitched this to me you're going to do this really quick mm-hmm. do i normally do these things very quick i don't want to hear you rambling on <laughs> on bunny trails do you just want 10 questions you just want to hear this or that now nah, you can ju- you can say which you prefer but i'll let you give a little commentary we're just not going to go forever okay all right, let's do this. Some of this will be board game related. Some will be just randomness, okay? Okay. Space theme in a board game or a Western theme? Ooh. I know that Space you struggle theme. with that. Space really? theme, yeah. Hmm, I thought you would say the opposite. Huh. Okay. What about you? Ah, that's tough. If you They're said space both, or like, not fantasy? super high for me. Yeah. Because, like, I'm, I, I actually love sci-fi stuff. It's, like, my favorite. But I feel like I'm spaced out a little bit. You know, like, I've seen, played so many space games. Which almost has me lean towards Western because there's not quite as many of those. But I think I'll go with space. Funny enough, I've been wanting to play Western Legends. I think it's because... Western Legends. I definitely... If I list all of my top space games versus all of my top Western games, space would come out on top for sure. There you go. Anyway. All right. Now, play a game you rate an 8 that lasts for 30 minutes or a 9 that lasts for 2 hours. A nine that lasts for two hours. Okay. Wow. Okay. And you, I thought you were I'm, gonna. I thought you were gonna be like, well, what's the context and stuff, and I'm not giving it to you. No, no, no. I, I think, yeah, I would. I would rather okay. play a good game. I'm a little bit. Eight is a good game, though. Yeah, it is. We just been talking about how we've been playing shorter games lately, so I thought I might bait you into that. Losing a game to Jonathan, or losing a game to Tennessee Game Day's Angry Man. Ah. Uh. You know oh, who I'm man. talking about, right? Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. A guy that uh, gets very angry and is visibly angry in the middle of games. If you do something that attacks him or something, which is just part of the game. I'd rather lose a game to Jonathan. Wow, wow. Uh-huh. That's that's how bad. <laughs> yeah. That's how bad I did not want to lose a game to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're the same, right? I, I lose to Jonathan all I the time. I think so. I think I've <laughs> gotten so it it depends on the smirk on Jonathan's face or how many like, you know, comments that he's made prior to the game. Like mm. smart comments. You know, like if he's kinda like, mm, yeah. It, you, I would guys. It almost depends on the try. it yeah. almost depends on the game too. It's, yeah, it depends on the game and the context. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd still overall But I don't I think I agree with you. I overall I'd rather rather lose to Jonathan. Yeah. That that was that would not. Let be. me rephrase that. I would rather beat that guy. Like I. Yeah, just be like, sorry, <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah, there we go. Face. <laughs> the Godfather, Corleone's Empire, or Castles of Burgundy. Well, Castles of Burgundy is a top five game for me. Okay, I just want to. I just want to hear you say that you that, <laughs> that beats it. <laughs> That's all. 
Oh man, I really love Godfather. It might rise rise up on my top fifty this year. I'm gonna, I'm getting ready for Mancation this like in two weeks, and I'm gonna be playing it some. Yep. Okay, I'll go with uh, Castles of Burgundy. I thought you would say it. that. So I, I think I know what you'll say here too. Wait, I need to know from you because you played it now. Probably Castles of Burgundy, but I'd like to play them. I'd like to play Castles again. Okay. They're, I would say it's pretty darn close for me. I thought it would be fairly for you. So I yeah, thought that you would pick Castles of Burgundy there. So I'm going to ask you, which I think I know the answer, Eric Lane or Stefan Feld? I'm going to make you say. Eric Lane. I knew you were going to say that that you like some, that Stefan Feld is not as good as Eric Lane. Okay. You guys but, heard it right here. Here's here's you my thought. Heard it right here. I think there's probably more Stefan Feld games that I love, but but Eric Lang has made some of my favorites. So mm-hmm. has so has Stefan Feld. Mm-hmm. Mm, uh, Eric Lang. Eric Lang. Yep, sticking with it. I figured I knew the answer to most of these, but it still would be kind of tough. Yeah, that was a tough one. That's maybe the toughest one yet. Back to the Future or the Goonies? Goonies. Wow. Yeah. Really? Just like mm-hmm. that. Goonies is my favorite. Wow. Oh, well, it's Goonies is my favorite '80s movie, and mm-hmm. Back to the Future I think is my second favorite. Okay, so they're they're right there. Yeah. Okay, I thought that Princess Bride is in there somewhere too. I don't know exactly where that fits, but okay. Yeah. Worker placement or area control? I know Dean loves Ooh. really loves both of these mechanics. This actually is really tough. I'm gonna. I thought this say, might be the hardest one for you to decide. I might say area control. Hmm. <laughs> I might have to do some thinking on that one. So I'll, I'll stick with area today. Control you're going right to say now. that, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Live on the ocean in a beach house in a city. <laughs> I can go ahead and in tell a you. nearby city, okay. or up in the mountains on your own hill, overlooking just beauty, but you're 45 minutes from the nearest city. Hmm. And I mean right now in your life. Right now in my mm-hmm. life? Okay. I'd probably say hesitant. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Come I'd get on. you on this. Yes. Uh, I'd say beach. You win. You win. <laughs> Just because it's near a city, right? Right at this moment in our lives, yes. You now, couldn't... ask me again in 20 years, I'd, I'd probably say the mountain. Yeah. I just figure with like having you know younger kids and stuff, like it would be really hard to... You could, you could just do Meeple Town for a living. Since we make uh, money doing it, <laughs> and your wife could be a homeschool teacher. Yes. So money, the income is completely Meeple Town related. Yeah. You, you, with your <laughs> you, with your fifty dollars a month, you could support. On your a family. side note, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna need to up our uh, up our Patreon givers <laughs> significantly. Yeah. Okay. Right. Two more, then it's over. Travel-sized game you love or big-box game you love? Ooh. Yeah. Okay, I need I need some clarification on that. Yep. You mean like, yeah, what, what what do you mean by that? What do you prefer? Like, <laughs> like if, if I have to get a game right now, sure. I can have Let's a say game. you're going to buy a game. It has to be you're a travel-sized version. A travel-sized, I'm going to say, I'm saying a game that you can travel with would be a better way to say it. Okay. Like a travel game, like a small box game that you love or 
big box game that you love. Big box. I knew you'd say it. I knew it. <laughs> I don't know why I thought as about much, that. <laughs> as much as you do talk about liking small board game boxes and so forth and so on, I'm just thinking you're like, is there minis? Is there this? Give me the big box. <laughs> I like big boxes and I cannot lie. Part of me was thinking like, do you mean like condensing a game that I, I love down to a, a small box? But no. What, I'm guessing your small small box travel size. Yes, probably. okay, probably. Yeah. I mean, the the challenge becomes in answering that question is my bigger box games are usually ones that I love, and so if my mind just goes to the big boxes I love, I don't have any smaller ones that I love as much as those. Yeah. So I would, in that scene, since I would probably say big box because I just I can't think of any pretty small boxes that I'm just like head over heels about. Yeah, that'd be a really good list for us to do at some point. Two separate lists. One, what games need to be or could be made into a travel size game that aren't should be made. Like Splendor is a good example of that. Mm -hmm. Splendor is is easily a travel size game, but it's put in a bigger box. And games that we want to be like blown up, kind of like Castles of Burgundy, what they're doing right now, what Awakened Realms is doing. Like what other games would we want to, to see done to have that kind of treatment? Yep. My list would probably be full of Stefan Felds. Yeah, I mean, probably. I don't. Ha- I couldn't be full of Eric Langs because his are already pretty much blown up. Uh-huh. The ones that I like, like they're pretty big. But could any of those be travel size? Or, you know, oh. maybe Foundations of Rome, for example. Oh, that's a good segue. Yeah. Last question. I think it's the most important question. Spending time with your wife or spending time with me doing maple time? <laughs> <laughs> is that really your question that's it oh man it's, it's gotta be john right yes yes it's... in your face amanda <laughs> <laughs> oh man that is so not true i, I know, love spending time true. with you john though. i know i know you, just, you, you need some validation today i, I just <laughs> yep i was sitting on the toilet this morning and i, <laughs> I came right. up with that list in five minutes i like it that was, it was fun just, it was I just like flowing all right, so does that mean I have to do it next time? I, I got to come up with 10. If you want to, yeah, you could do I'd 10 love for to. me. I'd love to do that. Yeah. Okay. Those are really good. I will say you did an excellent job on that. Thank you. Well done. Pat Thanks. yourself on the back. Well, I tried to have a mixture of nonsense and, you know, fun, like board game related things there. So I didn't think it was... Some of those were a lot tougher than I thought they were going to be. So I appreciate that. Now, I want to talk about some games. Let's go. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to talk about this game? What do you, what do you got? I don't care who goes first. I'll, I'll go first. Why don't you? Because I've been talking so much. The, the one you're, the one that I said I want to hear you talk about. Uh, I, I want to hear more about that at the okay. very end. Sound yep. good? Okay. Yep. So the first one I'm going to talk about is a game that you all are a little familiar with. Maybe most of you are called Wingspan. Have you heard of this one? It's uh, mm. Elizabeth Hargrave. I don't. What's that? Came out a couple years ago. It's pretty good. Mm. All right, I'm talking specifically about the Switch version. You've heard me talk about this before, but they recently came out with the European expansion on Switch and on, I think on all of them, iOS, Steam, I think all of them have the European expansion now, which, here's the thing, John, I have this expansion and have never played it before. Have you played it? The expansion? Yeah. No. Okay. I've only played the original Wingspan. I don't have the original. I don't have the uh, Oceana one. I have this one, which I think was the first expansion, if I remember right. Uh, And this one really, honestly, just adds different types of cards in it. And I don't really want to necessarily go like 
crazy on what type of cards those are. They're yeah. Because it's a lot of the same-ish stuff, I guess. Okay. It's just that they have things that happen in between rounds and stuff like that. More, just more. This one has more. Basically. Is the is are the things that happen in between rounds interesting? I think so. I'm trying to. Here's the problem. I'm trying to come up with some some examples. I just need to find some pictures on here, and I'm struggling to find any online. I should have been more prepared for this, shouldn't I have? Yeah, this is. I mean, honestly, it's the only thing I'm talking about. The people listening might be like, "Hmm," but I'm like loving this because you you just look like you don't know what you're doing over there. Okay. All right. Here we got. Here we got. Here we go. Here we go. So we have the normal when activated. Okay. We have the normal like once between turns. Those kind of cards. Then you have the round in. So for example, this one I'm seeing online: choose a habitat with no eggs. Lay one egg on each bird in that habitat. At the round end. So what you would do in okay. that situation, like you would prepare to get rid, ooh, to get rid of all your eggs and like the, you know, the water land or mm-hmm. water, water. It's not water lands. Wetlands. Wetlands. There we go. In the wetlands, you would prepare to not have any legs. Eggs. <laughs> no legs in the wetlands. Eggs. No eggs in the wetlands, so that you could put an egg on each of the bird in there. So it's a lot of cards like that. Again, there's other cards that are are like that. But I think it's interesting because it it adds it adds a little bit extra stuff, but it's not too much gotcha. that it adds to the game. And okay. I that's oftentimes what I really like in expansions. Mm-hmm. Is that what you like too? Mm, I don't know. You know, I, I've thought about this question a lot, Dean, because it's just like there are certain times whenever I like it to just add a little something extra. Maybe it just needs a. I've played it tons, and it just kind of freshens it up a bit. But there's other times where I'm just like. Yeah, it doesn't change the game enough to matter. Okay. I don't know. Like, I wish I could just be like, it's just, I think it's a case-by-case basis. There are times whenever I'm like, there's something really, if something's broken, I like it fixed. Or I think, you know what I mean, in, a, in a, an expansion. But I don't know. There's some ones that add just like, I think I prefer ones that add an interesting twist to the game. Okay. Yeah, I, I I do think that these add an interesting twist. I I think it's pretty interesting. It also, I mean, it adds more birds and and like some extra eggs and stuff like that. But I'm not looking at the physical copy of this. Again, I have it, but I'm talking about the Switch version of this. We got a review copy of it. I've I've talked about it before. What I've not said often is how much I really really love the Switch version of this game. I mean, I'll I'll play a game. You can play a game in in not a lot of time. I usually play like a two player versus the AI. Yeah. Games go really quickly. The music on it is wonderful. I just love it. It it puts you in this super relaxing mood. If I've had a really stressful day, then I'll go home and play some some Wingspan on the Switch and just I don't know, man. It just puts me in that place of of being at ease. I really love this version of it. And I've only played the Switch version. I don't have the iOS version or Steam or anything like that. My mm-hmm. guess is that they're all the same. Uh, you know, as far as like the mood that it, the music it sets and all that stuff. But do you ever get the hankering to go make some eggs while you're playing the game? No, it or makes me want to swear off eggs. Yeah, actually, that's what I that's what I was wondering. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I really like this. I've always really liked it. Adding the extra European expansion in there is a nice touch. I look forward to to the Oceana one, which again I've not played it, but it seems like it adds a decent amount more than just mm-hmm. new cards. There you go. Sorry for swallowing in the mic there if you heard that. What you got? I'm going to talk. Last live podcast, we you know talked about all the Azules. But I want to bring up Queen's Garden again because I just thought, let's give it a little oh bit of time. Goodness. It's like Alhambra again. 
I've talked about it twice. <laughs> uh, I've played it multiple times since then. <clears throat> and I have a lot of, there seems to be a, like a decent amount of buzz around it. Uh, but I've also heard some absolutely varying opinions of it. So it's ranked 1922 overall, which is pretty good for it to not been out that long. And abstract, it's ranked 30. 7.7 on BGG. That's pretty high. Um, but all the Azuls in general are pretty high. I think the lowest Azul rating might be Stained Glass of Century, like 7.4 or something like that. So people love these games. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm just going to talk about the game in con uh, even related to the other one. So <clears throat> some differences between this and the other ones are this is you have hex pieces. So you've got uh, you got a little a few extra sides. But not only that, but you have to get these like honeycomb type pieces to lay down on your player map before you can then place the hexes that you have on there. But another piece that's interesting is it's not just color. In this game, it's colors and symbols that matter. And I think that that, and I'll ask you, Dean, that really ratchets up the complexity, mm -hmm. the thinkiness of this game. Because you're not just trying to connect purple with purple. Or like, and the, all the other Azuls, all the tiles, even if they have symbols, it doesn't really matter. They're the same thing. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make the complexity go up. It's just the those two things an extra thing to think about. Yeah. And then you also don't place them immediately in this so you kind of have like a holding board. And then you have to pay like other hexes, other tiles to then place it onto your board. And sometimes especially at the beginning of the game you feel like I'm doing a lot of work just to place one tile and you could be, you know. But what's interesting that I like about this is you have scoring every round. It's small scoring, one point for every hunter green or like dark green tile. But also, you have tons of in-game scoring. In-game scoring to where if you connect three of any type of color or more, or three of any type of symbol or more, you're going to get to score the value of those tiles. And that's where it gets interesting. How can I connect these purple tiles together, but also the birds together at the same time, and so I can score both of them? if possible. And I really like this game. What it, what you like this quite a bit? Yep, I sure did. Okay. <laughs> I just I just think it's it's Keesling did such a good job. It's like it feels more like a a heavier weight gamer kind of game. You know what I mean? Than like some of the, the other ones seem are more I could which I like about them. I, I could play with anybody. This I can't. I don't think. I, I don't. I don't think I could just like pull up, have some friends come over that haven't played many games, and let's let's play Queen's Garden. I think they might understand the rules, but I think that it, they would they would be constantly going. I just don't understand what I'm doing. Right. Right. Uh, you yeah. know what? Okay. I'm. I'm because I've already talked enough about all this. I I really like all these games a lot. This is my mm, ish. Favorite slash second favorite version of this. Yeah. I still, I might give the nod to, like I said, I might give the nod to the original one. I just really like it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, every time I play a Keesling game, it makes me think, I want to play all of his games. Absolutely. And, and I'm on a, I haven't really done anything, but I'm on a quest to do that, right? I really want to, I, I haven't like gone out of my way. I have at times, but I really need to go crazy and just trying to get all of his games played. Now, what this made me do, I have John, to call. We could. We're talking about what to do for next podcast. I have to call as well. Oh, you do? Have you played I do. it? I have not. No, I have, have not Mexico? played this. I do not. Okay. I don't have any of those other ones. All right. But you know, it made me think of Sansuchi. Have you ever Have you ever heard of that or played it? 
Sensuchi, it's a, it's a game. I know where you're, what you're talking about. I've never played it. Okay. Early on, my first Tennessee game days, actually, which would have been, I don't know, 10 plus years ago, probably. Mm-hmm. Okay. I went and I got a demo of this game in. It, it had, I think it had already released at that, that time. I think it, this says it was released in 2013. Ooh, maybe actually. It may have been the, the year that it released or maybe the year after when I went for the first time. Okay. So in this game, you are building up the, uh, a garden. And I played this, and this was early on in my gaming. I think I, I really got heavy into gaming like in 2012 or something like that. Okay. And I, I played this. And I was like, this is the dullest garbage I have ever sat down to play. But I was at a very different place. Like the games that I was introduced to at yeah. the time were, well, not necessarily more thematic. It was like Puerto Rico and Seven Wonders and and Catan. I'd play that and Dominion, stuff like that. For some reason, this one just did not connect with me. But now I want to go back and, and play this mm-hmm. one. It's only weighted at 2.1 and it's 30 to 45 minutes. Even then, that it seems like that's something that should have had some appeal to me, at least a little bit, but it did not, and I want to go back and play it now. Yeah, there's... Uh, we recently talked about Voyages in Marco Polo was one of those for me. Like, I was played it, and I was like, I'm supposed to like, I'm spo- I'm supposed to like this game because everyone loves it. I didn't love it, but again, it was also... It wasn't because I played it earlier in my board gaming thing, but just a late night kind of thing and oftentimes we've had that happen multiple times haven't we dean yeah where we play something kind of late night after we've played two or three games and it's 12 o'clock and we're just like eh and then i play it later and go oh that's pretty good yeah what was i what was i thinking yeah what was i thinking there's there's a lot so of this games could be like, like that, that probably yeah this could be like that for you anyway yeah. I, I don't know if i'm that interested it's not it's not super easy to pick up these days yeah. and so i don't know i mean i really hated it at the time Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I really like this. I like Azul Queen's Guard. Excuse me. I <laughs> got a little hiccup or burp or something, or maybe it was both together. Um, I think that it's a solid. I mean, I would give this probably like an eight and a half out of ten. Yeah. Right now, it would be one of my, uh, not maybe not not my favorites, um, but w- absolutely one of my tops of the year. And I think that if this would have come out, I know that if this would have came out, actually, it's labeled as twenty twenty one. If I could go back, it would have made my top 10 for sure. Okay. Because you'll keep it in that category, even though I don't think it was released. Yeah, I don't think well, it was. at least got, here. I don't know. It maybe. wasn't released here because I bought it as soon as it came out. Yeah, here. yeah. Okay. So I, I'll keep it in 2022 for that reason, I guess. But it absolutely would have made my top top 10. It's I, I think it's really great. My wife loves it. She played two games and she beat me twice. I stink at Azul games. <laughs> I can never win one, but I like them. <laughs> All right. Can I don't I, love them. This one I actually like a lot. Can I talk about a game? Yep. Is it time for me to do that now? Well, you went on some kind of ramble about Keesling a minute ago, so you were talking. All right. I'm going to talk about... <laughs> I was. I'm going to talk about a game that came out initially in 2002. I need to look into this. Okay, so 2002, and then it was re-implemented in 2005. This is Lord of the Rings, The Confrontation. Okay. Okay? This is a two-player game like Stratego. Now, this is a Reiner Knizia game, but if you look at the 2005 version of this, it credits Reiner Knizia, Christian Peterson from Fantasy Flight Games, and Eric Lang. Wow. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm interested. I don't, yeah, I don't know enough about the difference. I just know I was able to pick this one up pretty cheap okay. uh, a couple years ago. 
last no, no no last year pick it up last year okay so in this game it is again gamer stratego so i have my side i'm the uh i'm the fellowship and you are the you're you're the the bad people the i'm trying to think of the word that it uses the, baddies the dark the dark side or something like that i don't know oh, yeah light boring. versus dark is what it's called okay mm-hmm. okay so it as uh as the light side uh, frodo is trying to make it to mordor to you know to destroy the ring okay Okay. The dark side, they are trying to either get four uh, four characters into the Shire. I think that's right. Three or four. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's four. Or they are trying to kill Frodo. Either way, if they do either one of those things, then they're going to win. Sorry, three evil characters into the Shire is all they're trying to do. Okay. Okay. So all I do is I'm going to move a character forward. And have you ever played Stratego? I don't think so. I haven't either. I've never played it before. Yeah, I've seen like, it played a bunch. Yeah, I don't think I've actually played it. Okay. So basically, you're moving a character forward, and I can't see your pieces. You can't see my pieces. Mm-hmm. So I'll move, and I'll say, I'm going to attack this guy. So I'll move into your spot, and I attack him, but I have no idea how powerful that character is. I only know how powerful my character is. And so then we lay them both down, and the difference in this one, it's not just like you look at who's better, and then it destroys the other one. You have a hand of cards... You have all of your cards in your hand. And I can choose then. We'll each choose a card, play it at the same time, and then whoever has the highest number is going to win. But each of those characters is also going to have a special ability. So, for example, if you have... um, uh, Well, I'm trying to think of an easier character. I I might have a character, the the Cave Troll. So he's a 9, which is the highest number in the whole game. Okay. I can't play a card in addition to the 9. So if I go and I attack... I don't know, Aragorn, for example, who might be a value maybe five. I'm just, I'm, I'm flying by the seat of my pants right now, John. I don't know their actual values. I know the he is literally, is his bottom is in the air and he is literally flying and the seat of his pants is leading the way. Let's, let's use Gandalf as an example. I'm looking at him now. So Gandalf is a value five. Okay. okay. And uh, also it doesn't really matter, but his special ability is the dark player must play his card first. Okay. Okay. But I can't play a card as a cave troll. So now you've played a five. I've played a nine. So in order for you to at least tie me and to destroy both of us, you'd have to play a value four card. You could play a five to outright beat me. But let's say you've already played your five card and you can't play that. Then you have to play something else. And then you just compare the values and, and that's it. And that's it. Okay. It took us about... I don't know, not long, maybe 15, 20 minutes to play this game. Mm-hmm. We only we only had a chance to play it once so far. This is 30 minutes on the box. It took us less than 30 minutes for okay. sure. This game is fun. It's Really? Fun. I've always wanted to play Stratego. I actually uh, I have an uncle that uh, that gave me a copy of Stratego a couple years ago. Amanda's uncle gave it to me. Okay. And I just I, it sat on the shelf because we haven't played it. But then I got this, and I was like, oh, I think this would be a better version. We love Lord of the Rings. Very cool. I like this one a lot. Would it be Meepletown? Please respond to us, uh, MeepletownMail at gmail.com. Go to the guild. Would it be interesting if Dean and I played like some older game, older popular games like Risk, Stratego, like two or three like that, and did a whole episode on what we actually thought about them? I think so. I would be interested to hear like Rado or Tom or someone like go and analyze some of those games that have been... No, Tom has done that, if I remember right. Has he? Yeah. I'm sure he probably has. He's done everything. He's analyzed everything. Yeah. Funny enough, too, going back to Lord of the Rings confrontation, I played this, and then this week, he post, uh, Tom posted a video a review of Lord of the Rings confrontation. I haven't watched it. I just saw that it was posted, and I thought, oh, that was that was 
he's trying to steal my material. There you go. Is what I thought. Maybe even Monopoly with the correct rules. Yeah, I don't think I've ever played with the correct rules. I, I don't know if I have. I Here's the thing about me. You know this. Like I'll play anything, and I don't hate most things. So I play Risk every year. Usually at Mancation, we'll usually play a game of Risk, and I have a blast playing it. You enjoy it. Yeah. Is it my favorite? Are there other uh, area control games that I'd rather play? Of course. Yeah, yeah. sure. But but if, if I'm having, like, if the people at the table are having a good time, I'm having fun. Yeah. So I enjoy it. Monopoly, haven't played that one in a long time. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of hate or love, let's talk about Raccoon Tycoon. Okay. So this speaking is speaking of Tom. This is a top ten. It game was speaking. That's right. It's nice little segues. Now you might say, John, that's an interesting choice. Well, my brother was hanging out, and actually he requested a game for his birthday. He's one of those persons that probably has about ten games. We play. He probably plays mm, once a month. Something. All right. So not a heavy gamer, but does play some games. And he had gone to Target and saw this Raccoon Tycoon box and thought, that's interesting. And then when he read about it, like thought, oh, you can kind of bid on things and do a few things like that. that sounds good. So he's like, that's what I'd like for my birthday. So I got it for him. And we played it. I've only played this one time, but in Raccoon Tycoon, you're trying to get the most points in the game by collecting sets of cards. Um, there's different types of animals and different things like that. And if I collect, you know, the most certain type of cat or whatever, then it's like a set collection thing. If I have one of them, it's worth four points. If it's I have a fancy two, cat, not just any yeah, cat. Fancy cat, yeah. Wow, you know that already? Are you looking I, at the I cards? watched a video of this, okay. uh, I don't know, within the last or couple the months. Or sly fox. Yeah. That's, that's not what a fox does. Oh, yeah. What um, does the fox say? I set you up for that. The fox is worth two points, for example, with one, five, ten, and seventeen. If you get all four, okay. So you're also you're trying to do that, but there's also these um, trains that you're trying to. I mean, not trains. Uh, sorry, um, lands that you can also collect in the game or whatever. And if you pair them with railroads, they're worth more points, so forth and so on. So what are you doing in the game? I'm actually going to zoom back out. Sorry. Zoop. All right. So what you're doing is on your turn, you can do things like you could start a bid for the fancy cats and everyone goes around and tries to bid because this money is, is economic. It's all about the money. You could also play a production card, which is a real big part of it. You have three production cards in your hand. You lay them down. It raises the value. It's a dual... Um, a multi-use card. That's what I'm looking for. So it's going to raise the value of, you know, two or three items maybe. But then you're going to pick like three items that are on the bottom side of the card to get. So that's an interesting decision. Like, hey, I really like to produce these couple items here, or these few items. Don't know if I want those to be raised in value because Dean's got those cards, but I'd really like to have those. That's cool. I get that. That's 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 kind of a cool little part to the game. Um but then you can also build these buildings that cost usually a decent amount of money and they might give you more production or do different things like that. But that's basically the whole game and you're like really trying to, you know, produce things and sell them for high value so that you can buy the little towns and you can buy the fancy cats, stuff like that. <laughs> that's that's really it. Um, and I thought this game was entirely dull. If I can just, if I, I, oh, I, I, I just don't understand, like I get it as a, I get it. 
as a game to teach people economic. Like it's got like some cool pictures. And like, if you're trying to get someone into like this kind of buy low, sell high type of a game, a little set collection, I could see if you hadn't played a, a lot of games, or again, if you're trying to get people into that, this could be a cool game. But I was, I was kind of bored. And even my brother who likes lighter games like this, and he was excited. He even was like, mm, yeah, I'm about to play that one again. I wasn't really like super feeling it. Uh, my wife was kind of, I think she was just kind of met on it too. Like she might've liked it a little better than we did, but I, 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 you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I, there's a lot of hype around this. It's, it's, it's rated 7.4 on BGG and it's also in the top 1000. It's ranked 855 overall. Um, I didn't get the feels from this at all, Hmm. but I could, I could kind of see why people would maybe, but man, I just, I don't know. That makes me a bit sad. Yeah, maybe. I, I really, I, I w- funny enough, so I watched the review or whatever it was I was watching, and I thought, this looks kind of interesting, and then I saw that they had it at Barnes & Noble, and I was like, oh, I might at up. some point pick yeah. this up. Yeah, not right now, but at some point. But I'd play it before I... You're not selling it me on Yeah, I'd, I would. Like, I mean, it, it. I could see you liking it like to play with your kids and stuff, because my son Judah, who's eight, played it with us. We had to kind of help him a little bit along... But and he did leave mid game, but he did play a little bit with us. Okay. Hmm. I'll have to try this. I'll have to try this out. I mean, I don't. Maybe mind it would be better games. with higher players. I just didn't like the fancy cats. Didn't the didn't. bidding was okay? The I I don't think I love that you draw three production cards. You always have three production cards, and absolutely luck of the draw can be big in this game. Because like if you have a building that produces like every time you produce an iron, you produce another one then if you're not drawing those cards to produce them, that stinks. Okay, yeah. And that's what that's kind of... That's any card game, right? It is. I guess it is. And I, I remember feeling like, actually actually kind of frustrated at some of the draws. And I'm like, man, I, maybe if that doesn't bother you, that's fine. But I spent the money, I tried to build an engine, and I just can't... Kind of like the frustrations you can get with Catan. You know, like you're supposed to get more. I, I should have. It should... Statistically... Statistically... statistically I should roll these, but why is it not? You know? Okay. Yes. Here's the thing though. This is not statistic. I'm I'm, going to change it. Uh, Not exactly, but okay. You know, Catan, they came out with those cards where you can flip those cards over. I would much rather roll the dice than to flip those cards. Mm, And I don't think Jonathan's that way either. Just throwing him out there because he's the one who told me about it one time. And I think that's the way they play it. And I'm like, why? Why would you do that? Yeah, because then there's more no, fair. there's not as much mystery in that though. It's true. I mean, that's why I. Yep. Bah. That's why we play like different types of games sometimes. I want to try that. I I, I still want to try it. I'm not gonna buy it. But if if you all are playing it and you're like, hey, Dean, you got how long does it take? Thirty minutes. No, it took us longer than that for sure. Okay. Um, I would say it took us. Um, an hour plus. It's sixty to ninety minutes on the box. Oof. So that's okay. a, that was another thing was when by the time it came around the bend, I was like, man, I'm I'm ready for this game to end. Okay. All right. And well, I did I did think to myself if this was a shorter game, then I might like it a little bit better. Like, oh, okay, cool. Okay, but not a winner for John. Nope. Not a winner for your brother. Apparently no. not for your son either. He didn't. He yeah, might. he didn't. He didn't hate it, but I could tell he was kind of disappointed. Okay. All right. Well, because he doesn't buy a ton of games, and so when you don't buy a ton of games and you get one, you're not super excited about. It. It's like that's mm. true. That's true. 
Well, if you don't get rid of it, I would like to play that with y'all sometime. Okay. okay, let's talk about Foundations of Rome. Time to talk about Foundations of Rome. And yes, sir. I'm just going to give a, a little little overview, a little overview here. Okay. All right. Foundations of Rome is a game where you are building up Rome. I have some buildings on my tray. John has some buildings on his tray. And on your turn, you're only going to take one of three actions. You're either going to take income, which is just taking money. Mm-hmm. You're going to buy a deed card, which costs money. That's right. And then you're going to put Indeed. your little marker on the plot of the spot that you just bought. Or you're oh, gonna, I thought you said the plop. That's a, that's what we were playing. The character from The Office? <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Or you're going to build a building, which doesn't cost you any money, but you have to have the uh, plots in your color on the board that match the different size. These are kind of, I mean, they are polyomino tiles, but they're mm-hmm. mostly square, rectangle, and then some L shapes, I guess. And some of those buildings are going to give you income. Some will give you population, which is going to give you points at the end of each round. And that gets incrementally better as you play throughout the game. Uh, At the end of three rounds, that will be the end of the game. And then you'll count up all of your points. Basically, you're getting points, again, for your population that you have. Mm -hmm. You're also, I didn't mention the civic buildings. Civic buildings will give you points and or income, depending on, um, no, points, yeah. Points. They all give you some points. They, well, they all sorry. They all give you points based on population or income, is what I was trying to mm-hmm. say. Um, other buildings that they're surrounding, and that's it. Now that's the that's the base game. If you add in some expansion stuff, you've got monuments, which are buildings that anyone can build. You've got um, player. It's just straight powers. up like five. Is it five or six buildings? Uh, well, it's depending, depending on, on the player players, count, but yeah. in a two player game. Yeah, it's five in a two player game. Yeah, and that's it. None yeah. more come out. Yeah. Whoever gets them first gets them. Yes, or you might not care about them at all and not do them at all, just depending on what comes out. You, They've got uh, uh, objectives that you can do. You can do those secret objectives or or open objectives where you get victory points. That way, as an expansion, there's one that gives you player powers, one that gives you... What else am I missing here? Uh, you can trade or steal. We haven't played with that one yeah, because it recommends at a higher player count. And I have not played this at a, at a uh, four or five player game yet. And that's basically it. It's a pretty simple game by Emerson Matsuchi, who oftentimes, like, you know, Century Spice Road kind of does maybe some simpler games. So mm-hmm. let's talk about the art and components for Foundations of Rome. <laughs> well, this is actually an interesting conversation. Like, because oftentimes we get to art and components and like, I'm like, okay, yeah, let's, let's talk about them. Then you get to art and components. And, and by the way, I forgot to mention with Queen's Garden, if you have, if you're colorblind at all, I don't think you can play that game. They have the dark green and light green and the dark purple and light purple tiles are way too close together to tell. And I'm hugely disappointed in that because yeah, that means that there's some people I can't play that with. Yeah. So anyway, that was, I felt like it was a really big mistake on stellar production. Other than that. Yep. All right. Foundations of Rome. So the art, we'll talk about the art first. This is um, art by Stephen Gibson, who has done Air, Land, and Sea, Folklore, The Affliction, Good Critters, some good art there. Lots of lots of games to his credit on here. Mm-hmm. What did you think about 
we'll, we'll throw in the components too. What do you think about all of the production of this game? Okay, so I thought when I saw the game, I talked to your wife yesterday just briefly. Oh, okay. And I said, and I said, hey, Amanda, did you play Foundations of Rome? And she said, yes, and she kind of giggled, and I said, well, what did you think? And she said, well, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, my gosh. Too much. I thought the same thing. That's why I'm bringing it up with art and components. When I first, when I saw Dean, I was like, hey, we're going to play this game, Foundations of Rome, and I looked at it out the table. I thought, good Lord, this is like a heavy Civ game is what it, like, is what it looks like because, man, Dean has it like fancied up, though. Now, it's always fancied, but you have this special fancy with the uh, special – Stain. What's that called? <laughs> What's that called? What are you laughing at? I'm talking to my hands. It's the, uh, it, it, well, it's not sun drop. It's more, it's just the um, wash. It has the yeah, ink wash. I think they on call there. it sun drop. Wash they might, but it's not really sun drop. Yeah. It's just, it's just a wash. But every player has a large board, at least, at least one by, foot by one foot or about. Would you say that's probably about right? About a foot by a foot squared? Yeah. And yep. on mm-hmm. that, you have buildings, like miniature buildings, and his are stain-washed, s- sun-dropped washed, stone-washed. It's an ink wash that's on there. Ink washed. There we go. Whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, like, the terms of the miniature stuff. I don't. Sun-drop, they do, like, a, a spray kind of thing on there, like a really light highlight They drink spray. a sun-drop and go, yeah. All over Nobody outside Tennessee knows what Sundrop is. So when oh, yeah. we talk about Sundrop, it's a pop. A, yeah, it's a soda, pop. Soda, whatever. Soda pop. There we go. Yeah, soda pop. Like yeah. a mellow yellow. There you go. That's true. So anyway, I look at it and I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I look over at the box and it is a calic shelf straight up in and of itself. I look at the monuments because we played with that expansion and went, whoa, they are all absolutely gorgeous but you sit down and go i i'm sitting down going this is a three hour long game just looking at the components yeah yeah and it's not it is not a three hour not game. even close this is buddy by the way 69 minute 60 to 90 minutes is what it says on the bgg page yeah it's not even that really uh, at least in a well two-player game you can play in under 30 minutes for sure maybe amanda and i have uh when you're looking at the base game you can play in under 30 minutes no what? <laughs> I just wanted to disagree. <laughs> I have no idea. So I don't have. You were, you were so emphatic. Like <laughs> I have. I just wanted to disagree with that. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> your, nah. your, your watch must have been wrong. Okay, I don't. I don't put most of my games on Calyx. I custom built these shelves upstairs, and that's where I have this one. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to put this one up there. I just. I'll, I might have to take a couple games off the shelf to put this one in there. Oh yeah, you did. Four games later, <laughs> I find a cleared spot for this game to go in because it takes up the size of about four Ticket to Ride size boxes. Yeah, yes, it's it does. It's a, a big old box. Huge. It's it's huge. Yeah. yeah, it's big. It's gigantic. But yeah. I think it has a lot of components, like John was talking about, which make it worth it. It's not just throwing a bunch of cardboard in there. It's not like Feast for Odin, where you're just throwing a bunch of cardboard tiles. This is this is like a beautiful, beautiful production. Yeah. It is gorgeous. I'm not going to lie. Not even going to pretend. It, to me, and I'll get to gameplay, it amplifies the gameplay because it makes the game feel like it's some huge, Civ, monstrous game that you play in 30 minutes to an hour. And it's not really a Civ building game. It's um, a kind of a puzzly type scoring points off of things that are around you. We'll get to that in a second, but it yeah. doesn't feel at all like that, but it, it gives you those feels 
because of how epic the pieces are. Yeah, when you talk components. about a game where, and, and this is, you know, people talk about this all the time. When I look at the game in completion, I, what does it look like at that point? You know, I want to yeah. feel like I've built something up. And this is like the prime example of that. You look and the entire board is filled up because the game has cards for each deed spot that's out there. So even if you don't have a building on each spot, you're going to have your your uh, deed marker, your lot marker or whatever on there. But honestly, most games that I play, we have built it up completely because you want to try to give as many get as many civ buildings yep. out as you possibly can. Yep. But, you know, a game like this with such a high production value is going to have a, a heftier price tag with that. So this is the my favorite part of the conversation. Because you're talking to a guy that generally likes that $50, $60 or under kind of vibes, right? Yeah, Golem comes out, which we talked about on the last podcast, and it's $60-something. I didn't hesitate to buy it, you know, probably $70 after shipping and stuff. Because I know I'm going to like that game. The cheapest version of this right now, you can go to Arcane Wonders' website. It is Arcane Wonders, right? It is, yes. Mm -hmm. And they have some leftovers, I believe, from the Kickstarter. And the very cheapest version of this game is $140. Okay. Is that, that's not ink wash on there? It's just the regular base game. That's exactly right. It had, I mean, it's got the minis and everything like that. But I'll look it up. I'll, I'll actually get all the different prices that they have on there. Here it is. So the very, my internet, you know. We need the internet to go fast. And this is just a very limited thing. So this could be gone quick. So if after we're done with this podcast, you're interested in buying it, you need to get on there. It's a pre-order that's expected to ship on or before the May 25th. So, hey, what's today? 16th? So pretty soon. The cheapest version, the Emperor, is 100 and... Oh, wait, that's out of stock. That's out of stock. That's... Oh, nope. Is it all gone? <laughs> Everything but the cheapest version. Oh, okay. So the Sun Drop, so they have what they call the Senator version, then they have the Emperor version and the Sun Drop Emperor version. The Sun Drop Emperor version, which is what Dean has, is, I think you do. Yeah, you do. Of course you do. An idiot. It's got all the I'm expansion stuff with. $270. Holy moly. $270. Wow. Here's the thing, though. The Emperor comes with the fifth player, the monuments, trading and stealing, will the council objectives, all these different things. The Senator, which is what you have. No, wait, never mind. I'm sorry. The Senator is the cheapest version. Does not include the fifth player monuments trading is still. Ooh. Oh, right, right, right. Because it, so does it doesn't include any of those. Oh, well, I'm not. Yep. It's not, <laughs> not going to be a copy. Not well, even going to be a thought. At this let's moment. move into gameplay because yeah. I think that's going to really, really be the important piece of when yeah. we start talking about the expansion. Yep, stuff. Go ahead. Okay. So. I've already explained how you play the game. What are some things that you like, don't like about this game? Obviously, you like this game at least a little bit because you were mm-hmm. considering, you know, the the prices and considering buying it. But what what do you like about this one? Well, I like when you, when you said Emerson Masucci, I didn't know that it was him. So when we were playing a game in the other room, he had two games set up in different rooms, and I look at it, I'm like, oh man, like it looks really cool. But I'm like, I don't know if I want to play another. You said his name. I'm like, well, I like Reef a lot. Century is fine. Um, I only played the original Spice Road, and oh, I, okay. I sold it because I was like, "It's cool," but it didn't do anything super. We need to big throw all me. that in together, John. You I might, think I might really. You like might it. really like. Yeah, it. I, I agree with that. That's something because I, I really do like Reef. So I was very interested in this and stunned because I'm like, "Well, I usually he usually does like lighter, you know, lighter to medium kind of light games. Uh, I, this looks epic, but it's not. 
that's all and and that's that's an interesting piece to it and it's an incredibly interesting it it gives you some incredibly interesting decisions like for example off the bat you've got you know let's just say like five cards out there does that depend depend on the player count it does doesn't it no it doesn't does that flip over? No, no, no. It's okay. the same amount of cards. For the deeds, is that what yeah, you're talking about? Yeah, no, it's the same. And so you are paying money. It's getting, you know, as progressively more expensive. Like the deed closest to the left of the board is the cheapest and, you know, like many, many other games. And money can be very can be pretty tight in this game. So you're deciding, well, man, do I want to spend that much money to go get that, you know, F4 spot? Because I just really want that spot. Because I've got a couple of building plans right next to it. Uh, and... If I can get that spot, then I can build this L-shaped building, and it's going to be epic and all that cool stuff. But also, if you add some of the expansions, there might be some really powerful cards that are laying there, and you're like, oh, I don't know if I want that one, but I don't want Dean to have that one. Yeah. You know, like just And so like I think that that beginning, there's that simplicity of the way those cards come out is leads to some really interesting decisions. But it's super easy to understand. Yeah, it's. Uh, I didn't mention this in the the overview, but there there are cards in there in one of the expansions that you put into the deed cards that mm-hmm. give you points and or special abilities on those cards. If you use them for the special ability, you don't get the points listed on those cards. And I also didn't mention that monuments are yeah really just different versions for the most part, different versions of the main buildings but they offer some variation. Some of them might be income plus victory points. So they might just be victory points or yeah. something like that, but they, they vary a decent amount just to give you a little, little bit of extra boost to the game. Now so, I have, I have played this. You have not played just the base game. You've only played right. with the expansions. I've played the the base game uh, a few times and it, it really does ramp up quite a bit. When you play the base game, it's fun. I, I still really like the base game a lot. I think it's, it's great. But the amount of thinkiness that it adds when you add in all of those extra pieces, mm-hmm. I think, really is kind of where the game shines. shines. Um, yeah. And it, that's all of them. I, I like all of those different expansion pieces. And that's why I brought up that first part because I'm sitting there going, yeah, it would still be fun if it was just the C4, A4. It's like a choir or whatever, right? These building plots that are plotted out on the board. Yeah, I'd like that plot. Ooh, that plot would be good. Mm, I'd like that. But when they add some of those expansions that add those twist cards, it really ramps up. Oh man, what do I do here? You know, um, and I think that's interesting. And even like the monuments expansion, for example, with like the five and a two-player game buildings, that and many of them have like prerequisites to go along with the costs and stuff. And like, wow, I'd really like that, but I've got to beat Dean to it if I want to get that one. Oh, he beat me. Okay, but I could go for this. Like some of that, and I kind of like those race two elements in games where you're kind of racing to something where it's not like mean that someone takes it away from you. They just get to it first and you're like, ah. Um, and then on top of that, I also really like, which I think that that monument expansion, I would play with it every time. I think it's interesting. Plus the buildings are huge and they feel so epic when you lay them on the board. You're like, I got this. And like you lay it down and it's just like, oh, my city's awesome. But also I think what I like the most about the game probably is just the player interaction. Um, because like on the board, not only you play your interacting by racing to those plots, but like I can score points based on what Dean's placed. Yeah. And Dean could, if he wants to like upgrade his buildings or maybe what some of the expansion cards remove some of those buildings. So he could be like, Oh yeah, well I'm just going to upgrade this and I'm going to, instead of it being a, what are the income buildings called? The, uh, commercial, commercial, instead of a commercial building, I'm taking this out and I'm putting a population building because John gets two points per commercial, you know, whatever at the end of the game, if I leave it here like this, um, 
And then that even that balance between like producing, like getting the engine going of money, even though it's super simple, the money engine versus the population. And population is that tug of war that I love in games. Whoever has the most gets the, gets the most points. Yeah. Now, okay, let me let me talk about that population bonus, which I think is really interesting because how it works is, let's say in a two-player game, let's say John has a population of 10 and I have a population of one. Mm-hmm. So John's going to get 10 points, so a point for every population that he's at. And he's also going to get the bonus for that round. Mm-hmm. So in the game, the first round is four bonus points, second is seven, and the last one is 10. Yeah. Is that right? Somewhere around there. I think that's right. I think it's four, seven, ten. Something. Okay. If I'm in second place, I'm going to get the amount of points for what John has. So I'm going to get 10 points. So if I have a population of five or if I have a population of seven, I'm still going to get 10 points because Mm -hmm. it's based on that. Amanda, when she first played this, the first game, she was like, that is stupid. I hate that rule so much because she really shot up in population and, and I didn't like I st- I had a decent population, go, but I was like I'm just gonna let her go with it, and then and then I would just get the points that she had, but sure. she would get the bonus. Now, so I had a hunch. The I think it was the second game that John and I played. I was like I'm gonna try something out, and I didn't tell you this at first. I didn't do it till yeah. later, but I'm going to. Plus, I'm by the way, I'm terrible at this game. <laughs> you, I've not beat you at this. I don't think have I. Nope. Okay. That's why I like it. <laughs> okay. So I was like, I'm just going to let John shoot up in the population and I'm going to take one population every round so I can at least get those points, but I'm not going to care anything about getting the bonus points. And I lost yeah. the game. I didn't lose just because of that. But in my mind, I was like, I can really focus on all these other things and not focus on that and, and still pull out ahead, which I think you can do. Mm-hmm. But you've really got to make sure you're getting points in other areas, and I wasn't getting the points that I needed. But in my experience, that part is more balanced than it meets the eye initially. Like yeah. I, I thought, wow, that's that's a really huge bonus by getting those points for not even having anything. Like all I've done is get one population. I still get your points. Yeah. I still think it feels feels balanced in that. I like it because the bonus is much bigger than you might anticipate. That's right. That's right. Um, I like that you did that too. I mean, I like that you like really went after that strategy to kind of see what was what and, uh, was cracking in that game. The funny thing is, in that game, I was getting, I was getting all of the points that I could from the cards, from the deed cards that were coming mm-hmm. out. And the first game that you and I had played, you did that, and that's how you got a ton of your points is in yeah. in-game scoring, and you came back and beat me, even though I had more points throughout the game, if I remember right. But. I, I did that this game as well, thinking, okay, I'm also going to try to get points this way, and it just it didn't pan out. And I got yeah. a lot of points that way, just not enough. Yep. All right, let's just go. All uh, right. I, I love this game. Yeah. I loved it. Like, I loved how not only the decisions that I talked about that I was making, but how fast it plays. That's a huge... It feels like when you finish that I've, with all the epic minis and all this stuff that you've played a two-hour long two and a half hour long game and you just played it in 40 minutes and you're like, all right, let's run that thing back. It's great. I think he did a fantastic job. It's why someone like me is looking at, was looking at buying it, but let me give you my thoughts on this and why, what I'm going to, I'm not paying $140 for the base game because it needs the other ones for my taste. I think if the base game was like 60 bucks or something, yeah, sure. I'd pick it up, but 140, uh, and then 270 or something for everything I want or 240. No way. Like, yeah. I, just, I am not yep. spending that much. I, I really like it. 
if that game was a hundred bucks or a hundred, if it was one forty for everything, I might pick it up. Yeah, like I, I probably would. I'd probably go. Yeah, I'm gonna bite the bullet. I loved that game, but um, and so I, I mean, I, I'll, I would give this like a nine, maybe close to a nine and a half potentially at some. Like it really, really was very good for me. Mm-hmm. I just have to play it more to give it that type of a score. But I, I loved it. That's It'd be great. my game of the year right now so far. So you're settling on a nine on that one? Is that I'm going to say a nine, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I liked it more than you thought, huh? No, I knew you loved this game. I, I, I loved it. really liked it that much. So good. I, 2022 is... Is killing it already, Is huh? crushing it, yes. I'm, I'm right there with you, except a little bit higher. Yeah, this is tough. I don't, I, I'm, I'm really, I don't want to go crazy on this one, okay? Like, I don't want to give it a 10 necessarily unless you said, I feel very strongly. You said when we were playing the game, this could be like a 10 for me. Yeah. All right, so let's start with the base game. The base game by itself is really fun. I really do think the game shines with all those expansion pieces in mm-hmm. there because it's super. It's still super simple to play. And you can add, that's the other thing. I like that it's modular. Yeah. Like I can throw in those objectives and that doesn't add that yeah. much. I can just do the player powers and that really doesn't add much because some of the player powers are only you get this bonus at the beginning of the game. Some of yeah. them are you can, you know, you get continual bonuses. You can just add in the monuments and I think that's fine too and I I like that. I tend to like expansions that work that way modularly but also don't add too much yeah. but they can and that's exactly what this one does. Yeah, I really really love this game. The production is through the roof. Yeah. The I, I all of it, all of it. it. It's a very thinky game in this amount of time. Surprisingly thinky. Once you get playing it, you're like, wow, these are tough decisions. The yep. player interaction is really high in this game. All of those things. Yep, yep. I'm doing it. 10. It's a 10. Wow. I'm giving it a 10. A 10? Oh my gosh. Yeah. When, when was the last time you gave a game a 10 out of 10? I, I think it was our very first review. I don't think I've ever done this other than this might be our highest rated game in meeple town history maybe it's it's high and probably not everdale may have been higher but that's dropped for you a lot since since we did that one mm-hmm. but I, I actually everdale may have i been don't a think it was nine and a half yeah. i think it was a nine and a half when i initially gave that a rating well we were doing out of six we both gave it six. Oh, out of that's sixes. right. Well, we went back and redid we, it. Oh, that's I, right. I we think did. I was at a nine and a half. Yeah. Something like that. Anyway. Uh, yep. Wow. Super, super high. Crazy high. Meepletown Royal Seal of. Easily an- Royal Seal. Great game. I could, I could see this being like a nine and a half for me. Like it was that good. I mean, if we're looking at past years, this would have won the game of the year based sure. on our ratings right now. Yes. So who knows? Who knows if that's going to happen this year? We got a it would, lot. Well, of... it might not have beaten Glenmore two the first year. Oh, you're right. That we did. But you're besides right. that, you're right. It would have been really close to that. So here's the here's here's the million dollar question. Like, how do you feel about? And this is just how do you feel about what Arcane Wonders did here by way highly producing? I won't say overproduced because you can do whatever you want to do. That's that's first of all, this is my first thoughts are you own your own company. I don't you can do whatever you want. You can decide you're gonna make games that have gold dust that you push a button and it flies out and you charge a thousand dollars for the game, and I don't care what you do. But personally, how do you feel about the way they went about this? I don't think it was a good move, honestly. Uh, I'm looking at I'm looking at the page right now. They did get a million dollars. The BGG page, okay. And uh, okay. I, it's it's a toughie, I guess I'll say that because I don't know all the behind the scenes businessy things mm-hmm. of this. But I'm looking at the BGG page. We've got 639 ratings. Okay? That's it. That's it. 
Yeah. Now this game has just come out and people are still getting it. It's still being completed, the, the fulfilled or whatever. So there's still people that and have their copies and haven't played and all that. Okay. I think if you would have made this deluxe version, but also had the base version be tiles, I really think you could have gotten to this to a lot more people's tables. And then you're talking about like this game is Spiel des Jahres worthy. Right? 100%. And then you're looking at thousands and thousands of additional copies sold beyond that. Yeah. But because you only did the deluxe version of this, I really am afraid that that's going to hurt them in the long run of not being able to get this game to the table. Now, if you're looking at a game that's not as good, or maybe you don't feel as confident in it, then this probably was a great move. I just think this has the potential to blow up and be like ticket to ride wingspan ish. Yes, yeah, so good. Ish type of game. It seems like it to me anyway, and I just don't think it's going to be that because of the it's going to push a lot of people out. It's rated eight point one with those, and like if you go, you can see that the for the most part the reviews are glowing. I don't think Dean and I are the only ones that have these, and the weight is one point nine one. I just that that might be one of my highest scores for a one point nine one rating. Add in all the expansion stuff, and you're looking at two, two five maybe. Is I would that, agree. Something that like right? that, probably. Yeah. It adds a decent amount of thinkiness to it. Yeah. That's interesting. Oh wait, there's occasionally a one rating. How about? No, that never happens what? on BGG. But here, here, let me give my thoughts on it. Um, what I don't, what I, what I don't personally like, and this is what I'm, I'm sad about, is you just kind of made the Gucci of board games. Yep. Like, so you have people that just can't afford those games. Yeah. That there's just no way they're going to be able to have the money to spend two or three hundred dollars on a game, and that kind of hurts me because I I just hate that because in this hobby, I just want all the games for all the people, you know. And I would just love Arcane Wonders to do what you said, Dean, to come out with some kind of a tie, or maybe you do minis, but they're just cheaper minis, you know what I mean? They're just and you could, I do it at a fraction of the cost. I mean, I know, I know you can do it. I've seen it done. Yeah. If Stegmeier can come up with what he did for Tapestry, you know, at his price and stuff, that I know it's possible. And I, maybe, and for them, maybe they are going to do something like that. Maybe they just didn't know it was going to blow up like it did. I mean, just to be real. But dang. You want a recommendation from me, John? Here's what I recommend I recommend you pick up New York 1901. It is a, it's a different game for sure, okay? But it has some really big similarities. This isn't a recommendation for you necessarily because I'll I, you and I just need to sit down and play it. Yeah. You or you did play it one time. You hate no, it. No, I did not. Okay, okay. We should play it. But I think if you're thinking, "Wow, this game sounds great," but there's no way I'm going to spend that much money. Even if they do another Kickstarter, I'm not going to do that much. Yeah. Go pick up New York 1901. You can get it for twenty two dollars used on BGG right now. And it gives you a lot of the same feels. Not with the expansion stuff. It's more like the base game. But basically what you're doing in this one is getting, you're getting deeds and putting your workers out on those deeds. And then you're putting buildings over top of that. It's It really does play out a lot like it. I don't like New York 1901 nearly as much. Mm-hmm. But it, it might it might suit you. But yeah, that's it. Like if you had, if you had cardboard tiles. I mean, you know what I mean? Like pieces like, like that. I know it wouldn't look as epic or whatever, but... I, I agree with you. I bet if they came out with a $50 version of it that was cardboard pieces and stuff, I think it's so good. I think you would sell a lot. Or if you just even got the price down to $100 on it or something like that, yeah, you're going to get a lot more people in on it. But just the base game for... I like this so much. Like I consider buying just the base for 140 but I think if I do that, it's just not going to get played as much. 
And then I can't go back and get the other versions. And those other versions are now sold out. And I'm on eBay here. And if you want to buy them on eBay, you're going to spend $300 for it. If they do a Kickstarter of this, do you think you might pick it up? I'm going to go back to the Kickstarter and see what the prices were. So so originally on the Kickstarter, they had the regular Senator base game for a $100 pledge. Mm-hmm. Then the Merchant was... Okay, that's available to... That's just for... Okay, the Emperor give me everything for 159 And then you I add the other one I would seriously consider it. Yeah. yeah. Then you throw in the... It was fifty for the um, the wash. I, you don't have to do that for sure. And in fact, part of me regrets doing. What made that. you buy this? Like, I'm just surprised. The game itself. Yeah, like like I watched, because I watched gameplay and you just thought I'll really like it. Yeah, gotcha. and I I knew when I was like, oh, this plays a lot like New York 1901, but I think it's even more of a, a streamlined version of that. Yeah. But and and that honestly kind of scared me away a little bit because it was so light. But I started seeing some of the expansion stuff. And I was like, oh. Okay, yeah, I think this could be a really good game. Anyway, yeah, that is exciting and disappointing all it, in one. It is. Anyway, that's Foundations of Rome. Take it or leave it. But John and I gave it a ten from me and a nine from John. Let's talk about Wonderland's War. All right, Wonderland's War is a game about Alice in Wonderland. Or just Wonderland, not necessarily just Alice, right? Okay. Okay, <laughs> you're just waiting. Okay, in this game, uh, th- there's not much flavor to this. Just know that there's some conflict going on in Wonderland, and you're joining in the battle, basically, is what what's going on. Mm-hmm. This game is broken up into three rounds, and it has two phases for each round. The the tea party phase, which is going to be where you're going around taking the, the cards uh, from the table. Basically, you'll you'll move your character clockwise, pick up a card, and do the actions on those cards. You'll do that in a normal non-two-player game. You'll do that four times. And then on the fifth turn of that mm-hmm. round, you're going to place your leader on, into one of the battles. And then the next phase of that round is the battle. So the cards that you're going to be getting are going to be giving you chips for your bag. This is a bag building game in the battle piece of it. So you'll be getting chips for your bag. You'll be drafting or or taking Wonderland characters. You'll be taking, um, let's see, you'll be upgrading your leader. You'll be upgrading your your whole, well, upgrading your leader's strength and also upgrading your leader's abilities. Mm -hmm. Lots of different things that you can do from that tea party. And then you go to the battle phase and you go clockwise in those different battles that are out on the board. And whoever's in that battle is going to add up their strength and then they're going to draw chips out of their bag, which will give you more strength to the battle. It'll also mm-hmm. do lots of different things. It'll let you uh, forge your chips onto your board, which will again give you special things yep. and points and all that stuff. And then at the end of the game, whoever has the most points is going to win the game. The battles, by the way, if you win a battle, it's it's similar to a... Uh, ethnos where if i win this battle then i'm gonna get the the amount of points listed for that round second place is gonna get half of that mm-hmm. and then you'll also be able to put your castle out onto the board which will give you more strength and points at the end of the game that's it that's there pretty good go. right yep dean this is one we'll talk about art and components but this is one that you have been wanting to play for a very long time yes you've talked about this for years now i think years maybe not i think so maybe so i don't over know. over a year <laughs> By the way, this is from this is from Druid City and Skybound Games, and the designer Tim Eisner 
Ben Eisner and Ian Moss. Um, Tim and, and Ben, if I remember right, both worked on Grim Forest and some other games from... Tidal Blades. Uh, from Druid City. Tidal Blades, that's right. Ian Moss did Dulasaur Island and Canopy and some other Canopy ones. was Eisen, yep. Eisner. Sorry. So, art and components. Manny Trembley is the artist for this one. What do you think, John? Oh, they're great. I mean, Dean always buys the most expensive, greatest components. So when I pl- <laughs> I'm just saying when I play them, I don't have other things to compare them to. But the minis were great. The um, poker chips, which is what the things you're drawing out of the bag, like little little mini poker chips, what they look like, were fantastic. Everything felt good in the hand. Everything was well-pleasing to the eyes. It's a dandy. It is a dandy. This is a miniature, pretty miniature heavy game, as mm-hmm. well as those um, chips. Now, the base game of this one just has the regular cardboard chips, but they were the upgraded ones. The art, though, I'm going to talk about that for a second. I really love, love really good. the yeah. art in this game all, all around. This is, uh, again, I mentioned that this is from Manny Trembley, who also did Dice Thrones art, who did Radlands art, which both of those are ones that... Yeah, I've not played Radlands, and I didn't love Dice Throne the first time I played it, but the components, uh, the, the art on it is fantastic for both of those and has done uh, several other things. But yeah, I, I like the miniatures. My issue They're not with, all minis, though. You can get standees. Yeah, yeah. The base game is standees. In fact, the, even the deluxe version comes with the standees, but it also has the miniatures in there. I, I'll be honest. I like the stand, I like the um, I like the miniatures. The problem with them is if they're unpainted, there's nothing to to show this is this character versus this character. So you can't easily look at the board and decide what that is. I kind of wish they had the, like your player, um, what do you call those base yeah. clip things that go on there, like That's in Blood true. Rage That's or something point. like that. I That's wish those point. were in this game so that I could put my clip on this character and say, okay, this one is Super mine, fast. easy to look at. But you, you don't have that. Especially if you're playing a game with like three or four people and you're yeah. like, wait, wait, does Dean have this guy and, or this person? And then you're like looking at the cards laying down and trying to remember... You could forget. Yeah, but the art in general, super bright yep. colors. It just looks beautiful all mm-hmm. around. The box cover looks really cool with the Cheshire Cat on there. And yeah, I love the box cover. Kind of glowing. It's really beautiful. All around beautiful. Yep. Gameplay. What is the, well, if you oh, would know. John's sleeping over here. If so the game is not. good, I know it's rated. Sorry. 8.5 on BGG at the moment. Nine, it's only got 990. 939 ratings which is still you know it's something and it's ranked 1200 overall and this thing just came out yeah both of these are were coming out around foundations of rome and this one were getting released pretty much at the same time within weeks of each other all right so in the gameplay what are some things that you like about this john or dislike or i, just, I don't know I'm i don't just, know if you like uh, this one you know i just love to look through the ratings of what people say and you, you love some drama. Uh, well, there's this one review I'm going to read right now. Art 10, newness 10. I don't know what newness means. BGG overhyped buzz 13. <laughs> <laughs> rule book two. Was the rule book not great? Uh, or is that just, or was it fine? It wasn't the best rule book for sure, but it wasn't, it wasn't a two for sure. Actual gameplay one. Hyped rating of people who don't want to admit it's overpriced junk. Nine out of ten. Wow. Yeah, that's not the way I feel about it at all. Okay, let me talk about the rule Bump book for in a second. rating for angry messengers. So <laughs> he he lowered it a little bit just because he didn't because he knew he was going to get angry messages. Why? There are certain people out there that absolutely just want to stir up controversy and they yeah. love it. 
And that's just frustrating. Anyways. Yeah. But besides that, there's a lot of nines, a lot of tens that are out there. You know, a few sevens here or there. Yeah. Okay, let me let me go at the rule book for just a second. By the way, the rule book for Foundations of Rome was was totally fine. It was great. For this one, I think the rule book itself overall was okay. I just wish it would have been laid out a little bit differently, and I kind of wish that yeah, you have a flow chart for the battles mm-hmm. that is not really that necessary. The battles themselves are not that difficult, but I think having that flow chart actually made it a little weirder for me. It's because it's not for some people, it probably really helped. For me, it, I'm I'm not really one of those. I'm just like, okay, you just draw chips out of a bag, and then you're gonna do what yeah. the chips say, and then whoever has the highest. There's some rules like, okay, can I keep going after I'm done? You know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, who goes first the next round? That you have to go back and look. But it's overall, I didn't have many issues with it at all. And you also have a player aid on this that shows you what you do during the tea party phase. Yep. Okay. Let me talk about what I like because I I'm gonna first off start about the tea party. I really like the Tea Party phase, and I think this wasn't your favorite part of the game. But basically, the Tea Party is where you're... I didn't dislike it. Yeah, it's the building up piece. That's all the Tea Party is, which for me, it's not just drafting, even though that kind of is what it is. Mm -hmm. But you have to go in order, and it's like Rondell, like Glenn Moore-esque, where if you jump too far ahead, then something... It's not that, okay, we're all going to get the same amount of actions and we're all going to go in turn order. So it doesn't affect that way. But if I go two spaces ahead and there's something that I really want farther ahead, it might not be there whenever it comes around to my turn. So you, you don't mind jumping too far ahead in this one. However, the problem is when you go around the table one time, you have to stop. And the cards will never, they don't reset unless somebody goes around the table. Mm-hmm. But when you go to the head of the table again, then you have to roll the die to determine how many shards you're going to get. One, two, or three shards. Shards are going to get... You don't want to take many shards. <laughs> shards are going to be how you're going to get negative chips in your bag. You're already going to have some in there, and every round everybody's going to get one. But if you have more shards than anyone else at the end of the round... Then you're gonna have to draw an draws. extra. Yes, you're gonna have to check your draws. You're you're gonna have to draw an extra one of those negative chips. So you don't want to do that too often if you can True. help it. However, you might want to reset the board. Maybe not, depending on what's going on out there. But regardless, I don't want John to jump ahead and get that card. So if you really want a card, you might want to just go ahead and jump out there and get it. Yep. And sometimes those cards are the Wonderland cards, which are the most interesting of those, I think they are either the special chips that you get or the, the wonderlandian minis that you're going to take. They always seem like, Oh, that's, that's the card. Like when they come out, everybody's wanting to get those, but that's not always the best move to do. It's kind of like blood rage. Whenever the the monsters monsters come out and you're like, Oh, they're huge. They're minis. I want those. But then you're like, "Mm, is that really the most ideal? Because there's some other like characters that are just the chips in your bag that man, if I get two of those, that's more powerful than one of the minis. Potentially, you know. So, yeah. Um, okay, so the Tea Party phase, and I did also want to mention that with Dean saying that one of the interesting things is, though, is that all the rules can be broken depending on what character you have. Like, Alice goes yes. backwards around the rondelle of the Tea Party. Um, I had, uh, which one did I have that, a uh, Mad Hatter, that some people say is OP or whatever. Like, you can just refill the board at any time and just pick one up no matter if you're in that spot or not so like there are things that kind of break those rules which i do like about the asymmetric powers um i like that part i just kind of because you're going to draw 
It depends on the player count. How many cards, or is it always the same? It's in a two-player game. You're in a, you're going to get five cards right. per round. And then we did four in a three-player game. Four in every other count. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I I just have to say, like when we were playing, I was just kind of like, okay, let's get to the action. Like I, the first round or two, I was like, okay, cool, I get this. Yeah, then I'll get that. And maybe not. I mean, maybe that wasn't. Maybe that was just poor play or whatever. But I was just like, okay. I'm ready to get to because to you got draw. excited about it. I did because the drawing of the bag and the battle is 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 really pretty fun, and to see how it plays out is pretty fun. And I thought sometimes now maybe it's just the way we played. I don't feel like we were overly AP about some of the stuff. I know there was a few times I was, and I was like, oh man, but I could you know. But I just remember thinking, okay. I just wish this was a little well, faster. It's, it, there's interesting decisions for every card that's out there. Um, there are cards, okay, we mentioned the Wonderlandians and all the upgrades and things like that. What I didn't mention is some of the, there's different types of cards, okay? Mm-hmm. So one card might just have that on there. There's cards that have meeple symbol with a number on there at the top. Most of them have a meeple symbol with a number on there. Mm-hmm. When you take those cards, you're going to take that many meeples. So let's say it has three. I'm going to take three meeples and I'm going to put them into one of the locations in the battle. Yep. Okay. Now the meeples are really interesting because they don't count towards your battle total, like your battle strength. Mm-hmm. They're basically like your hit points that you're putting in each of those. And then we'll explain that when we get to the battle a little bit, but they act as your hit points, which I think is interesting. So I might really want to get more characters out there instead of caring as much about what the card ability is. Mm. Then there's some cards where it's like you choose, do you want a Wonderlandian or do you want to upgrade the strength of your leader? Or do you want to be big. get this thing and this thing? But if you take both of these action, both of these special abilities on the card, then you're going to have to roll the shard die and yeah. get that many shards, which is interesting because you might not want to do that. Yep. So for me, I felt like it was really interesting. It's not just taking cards. There's no. multi levels of thinking about it is. how then, you're going to do that. And then I mean, I like it about it, but what can make it a little longer is like, so someone takes a Wonderland card and you get another one. So you read yeah, read the card. Okay, what does that do? You know, and that you know that can kind of sure. happen. And so like yeah. some of those things, but I mean, it's good, I guess, that they come out. It's just, uh, or someone rolls a die. Now there's three new cards, four new cards that show up. Now let me go read those cards. Let me look at those cards. And some are just like, most of them are pretty simple and straightforward. Yeah. They are. So I think after you've played it, anyways. But I still like that part. It just wasn't my favorite. Now you get on over to the... Next part, and this is the Battle Royale. Oh, yeah. This is the Hunger Games <laughs> of Wonderland. <laughs> That's right. So you're going to go around those different territories, like I said earlier. And let's say I have a castle in there and I have my leader in there. So I add up the strength of my leader and then add up two points for my castle that I have in there. And then John, if he's also in the battle, he's going to be drawing tokens. I'll be drawing tokens. We'll reveal them at the same time. If they are... Strength, you're just going to add strength mm-hmm. to that. But there's never anything that's just a number, right? I mean, it's all, I mean, there are. They're your special character starting tokens. Excuse me. Your starting tokens that just have a number on there. But all the other ones have some sort of special the ability. The rook kind of has that. just a straight up number, but you can't Potentially. Play. Oh, here's the other thing. So each game has five of that's true uh, five tokens that you can take the lower value or the higher value depending on the cards that you're going to get but um so you have the the card guard or whatever you have the guard you have the creature you have the rook you have the rose person or whatever the flamingo you have all of those but in each game they're going to be different so it's got a b c and d deck and it recommends not necessarily shuffling those together but this game, the Flamingo might say, you're going to get more points, mm-hmm. uh, more value 
for your next chip that you put on the board. And it might say something else completely different next time. And so even that changes up the game and adds a ton of variability in, yep. in how the game plays out. But essentially you're going to keep drawing out of your bag, but you love this part. I, you know, it's fun. Like I, I number one is I, I, I like the kind of area control part of it, area majority that you're trying to win the battles or whatever, but it definitely has a quacks of Quedlinburg type feel to it right you're drawing the chips out and going oh no yay hey but what i think is kind of cool about this instead of you just kind of playing against your board you're playing the other players and it also is not just the luck of drawing the things out of the bag is during that first round you're going to send people out onto your board which what are those called assistants or i don't remember what they're called but if something like that if dean has four 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 of them in his in his in that area then he basically has four hit points you know, kind of. Uh, and so, like, it's not... So, like, that strategic part was, inter, you know, really affects what's going on here. But then you also have these cards that are um, goals for you to have, right? Like, you're trying to go for them. And some of them might read, like, in this territory, in the round with nine points of strength. Well, do I want to go out and try to win this battle that I'm skeptical that I'll win? but I know right now I can stop and get three points. Hmm. What do I do? Those decisions. Like that's, I think that's what kind of what makes it fun in addition to, you know, drawing those out of the bag. And, you know, I'm not the, the, the biggest negative to me in this game is that, you know, I'm not a generally a luck kind of driven guy. You might be like, John drawing these out of the bags, you know, whatever, but I'm building my own bag. Right. So I'm controlling, you, you know, what, but I don't like that at the end of this phase of the game, you just dump all of your tokens back into your bag. Um, because I would rather it be less like Orleone in that and more like Altiplano, if you know what I mean, by you cycle through your whole bag before you're able to put them back in. Unless like I like the special powers and getting them back into your bag and stuff, but not at the end of each round because then there is some luck that can be involved there for sure, right? You I mean you may just be drawing really well or drawing really really poorly. Hopefully over the course of the whole game it's balanced or you know relatively balanced and you control and manipulate what's in your bag. Not enough for me to go, oh, I hate that about the game or anything. It was just one of those, hmm, I wish it was this way, but yeah. it's not okay. Bag building is just a fun it's just a fun feature. I don't know why. Lots of games. It it really is. And I I understand what you're saying. I do like that you're not just throwing your all of your chips back in your bag at the end of every battle. Yeah. Because there becomes some strategy that happens there. There is. Now, we didn't even mention the quest cards, but the quest cards are going to give you, or I didn't in the overview anyway. So the quest cards are interesting because it might say you want to end your, let's say in wit's end, you might want to end your battle strength on a hammer, which is the the forging sure. symbol. Yep. Okay. So if you do that, then you can complete that quest and gives you three points. Mm-hmm. It also has an in-game scoring piece yep. to that quest card that gives you an additional three points. If you if, get it. Yes, if you, if you get, get it. both. If you get both of them, then you get an additional three points. You can get nine points for those yeah. quest cards, which can be a ton. So what happens is you might think, I don't even care if I lose this battle. Okay. Yep. It might not be that many points, but I really wanted to get this quest completed. And so I wanted to end on this spot. And so I didn't even care. I didn't put a bunch of supporters is what they're called. Mm -hmm. I didn't put a lot of supporters in there because I didn't really care as much about that. 
But the really interesting piece is because your your tokens don't go back into your bag for the next battle, I might be looking forward and thinking, okay, I have a ton of uh, of strength out there right now. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that I can get all of my tokens back, right? So I'm just going to run through these as fast as I can so that I can have these available for next time. Yep. But that piece of it, of because you know that you're not getting your tokens back, it really changes how you're going to play that battle out and how many tokens you're going to pull. Even if you don't need to, you might want to draw more than you need to just so that you can get uh, to cycle through your tokens faster. Sure. That's pretty sure. interesting, I think. Yeah, yeah. Your chips. I keep saying tokens. It's chips, but I just anyway. you just made me hungry when you said. That. <laughs> um, okay, and, and then final thoughts. Yeah, no? I th- well, I would want to say another thing about the battle. I really, Ethnos is one of my favorite of these type of games. I like that they have different values of the battles depending on you know which era you're playing. The cool thing is, is they all balance out, and so like this battle might be at the very beginning of the game. I'm going to get two points for it and that's it. But at the mm-hmm. end, I might get 12 as opposed to one that at the beginning you have uh, six battle and at the end it's eight or something like that. So I like how all that balances out because your supporters are going to stay out on the board. They're not going to come back at the end of every round. That becomes very interesting Yes, as well. That is that that is very interesting. And even the order of the battles becomes important. And that makes it hard because like maybe you want to fulfill a quest or whatever it is. At, on one of the territories, so you're like, I'm going to put several out here, but then you don't really want to win there later on. But yeah. you have people stuck out there. So what do you, you know what I mean? Like, so sometimes you might actually want to lose supporters to gain them back to place them in other territories. Yeah. You may be like, oh, good. I just lost that one. Cool. Whatever. I knew I was going to lose anyways. But then also, if you're playing a more than two player, well, I guess it doesn't matter. In any count, you also have that dynamic that I like of you still score points for second place. So like sometimes it's just like, yeah, oh, cool. I'll just take the second place points. I'm good. Yeah. And yep. I think that you did well with that. Like, cause I think you're pretty good about going, I'll get something here yep. and let you, y'all bat- battle of trying to worry too much about getting all the dominating first places. And I'll just be cool. I've gotten to where I really love that in some yeah. games. El Grande does that mm-hmm. where you just, you don't have to win everything, right? You just yeah. need to win something. If you can get a ton of points and spread yourself out, that tends to be a good strategy to do. And I like that this game has that as well. Although there's not as many places to get points. And so it doesn't work exactly the same way. And you get quest points, which is a ton of points. And I, I like that as well. Yep. I thought that so, was a cool part. So I'm good to move into final thoughts. Yep. All right. I, I can start this one. Okay, since go ahead. Last one. Mm, 2022 ahead, is crushing dude. it again. Still. Oh my still gosh. It. What are you going to do? Oh, I just got a little message there. I didn't know that I had my... I knew that I was going to like this one. I had a hunch that I would like this one. And I really, really love so many things about this game. I love the tea party phase where you're building everything up. There's so many options and so many ways to go. You might really want to build your leader up. You might really want to get interesting chips into your bag and get your chips that are going to feed off of other chips and all of that. There's so much puzzly pieces to that tea party phase of how you're going to build up your army. But then to have a battle sequence that is just as interesting, or in your case, you think it's more interesting, with bag building is fantastic. There's mm-hmm. so much to really love about this game. The The production is is fantastic, but for me, it's so much more than just that, right? Like, I, I can get googly eyes for really high production games. Yes, you can. But the gameplay really needs to match up with it, and in this case, it really, really does. 
Now, I love this type of game. You know, like I, I love having these uh, area control games and uh, I love this kind of engine building piece that this game offers. Bag building is something I really love. Mm-hmm. And all this just puts it together in this really nice package. Now, I'm, I think I'm hesitant on this one. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm giving this one a nine, which is not a wow. low score. No. But... It might even be higher than that. I think both of these games, looking at the... When we do our top 50 this this summer at some point, later in the summer, these will both be there. They just will. So oh, There's I'm no sorry, doubt. And they'll be that. high. One of these, especially... I mean, Foundations of Rome could be a top 10, top 15 game for sure. Wow. And this one, it will you, make my list. This is this is D- D- Dim's, Dean's MO. At least one time over the course of the year, a game like Arnak just shoots up to like his top five. You know what? That's cool because Dean's like, you know what? I don't care. If I like it, I don't give a rat's what you think. I'm going to put it up there. Yeah. And I respect that. I do. Like it's his thing. Like he's just like, you know what? Don't go around telling me I need to wait a couple years to get it in my top five. (laughs) If I want, if I think it should be in my top five, it's coming on in. Yeah. I don't give a rat's what you think. But you know, it's funny when you look at at 2021, I think there's only one game from 2021 that, well, it did make my top 50 last year. It was Merchant's Cove was at 50 on my top 50 last year. That was the only game that had a shot, I think, in 2021 of making that list. And here we are in 2022, and we're not even halfway through the year. And I'm pretty sure, I mean, these two will be my top 50 in one episode. But I think there's another one from this year that will make my top 50 as well. We'll, we'll see. I haven't reviewed that one yet. But anyway, this is a big, big year for me so far. Indeed it is. And did you get that? Indeed. Indeed. Okay. What you got? That wasn't good. You like this one too. I, I thought it was cool. Yeah. Uh, like I said before, the tea party part is, I, I do like that part. I mean, it's good. It's interesting picking which ones you want to and trying, oh man, I should have jumped ahead and grabbed that one, but I really like this, what so forth and so on and how to space your supporters out on the board before you get into, you know, that exciting part. And I think it's less that it, it's just like, I'm ready to get to that part all the time because I'm ready to start drawing. Yeah. And that in that first phase does take it can take some time, you know. And so I'm just like, I just want to draw. Let's go. Let's you know. Let's just draw out of the bag. Oh wait, um, I'm sorry. Can I interrupt for just yep. a second? We didn't even talk about the wage part. Will you talk about that in your final thoughts? Because sure. you really like that part too. Yeah, I did. I did. And Wager. so if you're playing a game that has more than two players, which you know, whatever, maybe most of the time, or maybe never, that was a wasted sentence. You can wager on who wins, which I think is brilliant because it makes it so much more interesting. Like there could be a battle where you would normally just kind of zone out and be like, yeah, whatever. Um, but if you pick the winner, then what do you get, Dean? You gain a chip. You gain a chip. That's a, that's a, uh, a level lower, one. a level one chip. Um, if you lose, you, gain you have a to shard. get a shard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I just think that that's a brilliant little simple thing thrown into the game that makes you care about every single battle. Yep. You know, which I think that's cool. Um, of course, then also can lead to being torn over. I want Dean to beat Jonathan here, but I think Jonathan's going to win, so I guess I'm just going to vote for him. <laughs> so it's bittersweet sometimes, right? When we all play together, you voted against me every single time. I did, because he wins every game. He does. And like I'm looking at it, and I'm going, I, if I bet on him every time, odds are at least more than half the time, That's fair. I'm going to actually get it. <laughs> yeah. It's just ridiculous at this point. Anyway... That's just the, you know how you just in Foundations Rome said, I'm just going to go for this strategy. Yeah. That was my strategy. <laughs> I think one time I did vote for you. Um, but drawing those out of the bag is cool. It was fun. It, I, I like it. I like it. 
I'm not going to go out and, b- and pick it up because I like El Grande better. Um, mm-hmm. And it does have a lot of the same feels. Except for if you really enjoy like the bag building piece, this is very unique in that. Like I, I really think that you could really like that could really like that part. I'm gonna give it eight out of ten and say that's a very solid eight out of ten. I like it. I might pick this up, but it's not gonna be one that I'm like rushing out to go grab. But if Dean wants to play, yeah, let's play. It's a it's a fun game. Yeah. It it I think it exceeded my expectations, actually. I just thought, because when I saw the cool art and the cool theme, I just kind of, and it was really hyped, I just kind of got, went, man, sometimes those are a disappointment to me. But it wasn't. It wasn't a disappointment. It was It was a good game. Yep. Excellent game, in my opinion. I, I Yeah, all those things. I'm going to briefly mention, too, we got to play this at two players, and initially I thought I wouldn't like the two-player version. The two-player version is really fun. You take out the wager and it has some other different rules in there. You're going to draft more cards and stuff like that. But the, but you still you have to beat the AI in your battle strength in order to win the battle, yeah. and it gets tougher and tougher. It doesn't add any kind of complexity as far as like, you know, I have to draw a card. You don't even have to draw a card in this one. You're just you just have to beat the AI yeah. as part of the battle. I, I brilliant. I love it. So yeah. even at two players, I think this is fantastic. Yep. So that is a nine for me. That is an eight. You said eight, right? Eight yes, sir. John, which also is another Meeple Town Royal oh Seal. Two and one episode. We are giving them out. Like we, What did we say? We had you one, one last year. And you get one. And so we had one last year, and we yep. now have three this year? I think so. Yeah, I think okay. it's I think it's three this year. We're going to have to simmer down now. We're gonna, we'll have to slow down. No more no more. I mean, if they're the good, year. they're good. I'm going to be like you, Dean. <laughs> I don't care. Like, if it's a great game, a good game. So this one... This one got it though mostly because Dean really really liked it, but yeah. it, it's just, it's deserving. It's a really it was a really fun game. Yeah, pretty fantastic. That is Wonderland's War, excellent game. Now, John, tell people how they can get in touch with us. If you're enjoying our channel, we would love to, for you to subscribe. You can patronize us at MeepleTown.com or Patreon.com/slash/MeepleTown. We're at MeepleTown Games on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and Reboard Game Geek Guild thirty four oh seven. Thanks for coming down to MeepleTown. <laughs> Do you like do you like Kingdom Builder? I do. Do you own it? I do. Did you know that there is an Empire edition with resin pieces and stuff that you can upgrade it with? I'm not gonna do it. Well, okay. Yeah. I you don't, don't like it that much. I don't like it that much, but I'm tempted on this one. I like it a lot, actually. Here's a company who does not do that well. I, I I'm you. just I will just say it. I Arcane Wonders, I really enjoyed it. I think Queen Games like wants to deluxify everything. This is a game I think you're taking a step backwards a little bit. I, I like I like the castle, what do you call those building tokens or whatever? Let me see what they call them. They call them plastic castles and resin ability tokens. Okay. So those are cool. I like those. I would much rather geek bits make those than them, but even then I don't even care that much about it. So are you tempted by this? It does have everything. It has all the expansion stuff. I am a little too. tempted because it's just like if I just want to upgrade some of those bits, it's sixty bucks for the ability tokens. It comes with a the Emperor's Choice Queenie and the castles. Uh, yeah, uh, sixty bucks though. Plus, I'm gonna have to pay shipping just to, to upgrade it. From what I was reading, is they couldn't make those small enough either, right? So they had to expand the board. So how is that going to work for your main game of it? Because I think the board hexes are bigger in this version. 
Oh, I didn't get that far. Yeah, I was reading through it, and uh, it just didn't it didn't sell me on it. I don't, Queen just doesn't do it for me as far as those upgraded games. I wasn't pleased with how they handled Hamburg and what are those other ones? The Stefanfeld City Collection Amsterdam? ones. Amsterdam, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Just laying the smack down, huh? They just didn't do it for me. A lot of people like it because what, what are they at right now? 170,000. Okay. All right. Not crazy. And 52 hours to go, so it's almost over. Yeah, so that definitely didn't go insane. Yeah. That's a no for me unless I change my mind. <laughs> That's a problem. I also kind of wanted to ask that question. Just to, I couldn't remember if you liked this game or not. 